Welcome to the Personal Branding Podcast with Seema. I'm Seema Batavia, a brand strategist and coach who helps people get dream clients by creating personal brands that convert. Woohoo, we are live. Oh my god. I am super excited to have you here today and I'm so excited to welcome you. We are going to talk about how to build your personal brand business. And if you're new here, welcome. Uh I'm very excited to have you here today. All right, we are going to get right into it. And the way we're going to do this is we are just going to talk about personal branding a little bit uh for a couple of minutes. So I want to keep this short-ish and at the end we can take uh questions. So we'll have a Q&A section as well. We're going to talk a little bit about uh how a personal brand business actually works and how to go about it, okay? And I'm going to try to go into as much detail as possible before without it being a very long live. But the reason I want to talk about it is because there's a big difference between you building just an online business and you building um a personal brand based business because the way these two function and the work that goes into each they're very very different, right? So first of all, let's clarify what a personal brand is. Uh, a personal brand is basically a culmination of your experiences, uh your personality, you as a whole and how you present that to the world. So the perception of you is what becomes your personal brand for their people. So what people know you as, you know, what people classify you as, what you become known to them as, you know, what you mean to them. That is a personal brand. And when people build businesses on top of that, it's when they monetize whatever perception they have and then they start charging for that in whichever way that they want, right? This does not mean that you can't build a business without a personal brand. That is not the point. The point here is that building a business with a personal brand as a foundation is much more long-lasting, it's much more flexible, and it's much more nimble in general because the face is you. The brand is you, and because it is you, uh you have the ability to launch whatever you want. You can pivot however you want. You can stack offers on top of each other however you want. uh depending on what your needs are depending on what you want to do depending on how you feel in the future you know all of that but where people lose out on the benefits of this particular personal brand business is that there there's a lack of patience right a personal brand building process takes a long time it's not an overnight thing contrary to what people might think they feel like no no so i've started to build a brand and i need to see the benefits tomorrow That's not how it works because your reputation is a personal brand and just think about how long it takes for a person to build a reputation. It is not an overnight deal. It can take weeks, it can take months, it can take even years depending on the effort that you put in. And especially if you haven't figured out who your ideal client is or the ideal audience is, what they know you for, what they want to know you for, all of that comes into the mix as well, like understanding the full clarity of who you are as a person and what you mean to them and why they would buy from you to begin with. So when people are like, "No, I've posted already. I have an Instagram page. You know, why am I not making money or you know, I I want to build a brand. I want to start charging this and that, but nothing's selling." It's because of this. It's a lack of clarity, right? So let's start from there cuz you know how I lack my clarity. Understanding you as a person and who who you are, what you like to do and the core of yourself your purpose your why that is the biggest thing that you can do when you're starting to build your personal brand 
my clients sometimes love this process, sometimes hate this process because it is so deep. And it's almost like a therapy session because you dig into stuff that people may not even think about. They're like, but people are just going to see what I tell them. Then why do they need to know, you know, my story or my past things or my issues or, you know, what I've been through? It's because all of that, whether you know it or not, gets presented to people through the way you talk and through the way you say things and through this, through the, um, even the, the things that you sell or your expertise that you portray or, you know, the, the hobby that you turn into a passion. All of that comes into that deep, deep clarity. Unless you have the clarity on who you are as a human being, you know, this comes down to everything, you know, your past, your uh, future ambitions, your goals, your uh, traumas, your um, issues with, you know, anything in life, anything that's addressed, not addressed. All of this needs to be addressed before you even contemplate starting to build a brand, right? This is getting to know yourself. And what happens when you get to know yourself really, really, really well is that Everything else seems secondary, right? Tell me if this makes sense. Like when you are crystal clear on what your strengths are, what your shortfalls are, uh, what your, uh, you know, room for improvement is, the gaps, you know, where you feel like you don't know enough. When you know all of these things, everything else seems like, I know myself already. I know I need to improve on this. I don't feel bad about this anymore because you've addressed it. You've given it a word. You've given it shape. You've given it form. So that structuring of your internal work is extremely important before you even try to build the outside. It's like if you're not clear about yourself, how are you even going to put yourself out there to people? And let's say if you want to teach or let's say if you want to be an expert, how will you be an expert if you yourself are not clear on your strengths, weaknesses, and your internal stuff, right? And if you're an introvert like me, we have a lot of baggage, okay? We have a lot of internal work to do, especially if you're an anxious introvert like me. I'm not saying all introverts, but a lot of introverts like us, you know, we've grown up with anxiety. We grew up shy. We grew up, you know, um, issues with like social anxiety and stuff like that. And all of that builds up after a while, you know, especially if you have a very small circle of friends or you have a small social circle. It's very hard for us to kind of like break out of that and become so vocal at the things that we say, things that we do, things that we understand and, you know, articulate. Understanding this and addressing it is absolutely important, especially if you're an introvert. If you are a confident introvert, there's nothing like it. I love you all. But if you are an anxious introvert, someone like me, you need to do this process. If you skip this process, it's going to be very, very hard for you to progress and actually build on top of things, right? So this internal work, as far as I'm concerned, non-negotiable, extremely important, and you cannot miss this at all, okay? Write this down because I'm here to teach. <laughs> Number two, once you do the internal work, is it's time to understand what you want to be known for, right? When you do the internal work, you understand that, okay, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, and you also start identifying the qualifications you have, the the skills and hobbies that you have, uh, what makes time goes really quickly for you. You know, you start understanding that, okay, what do I really enjoy doing in life, right? And when you understand what you really enjoy doing in life, it's much easier to document that, right? It's much easier to explore that. Because one thing I will say to you is that now in this digital age, 
especially if it's a service-based um, uh, item that you're looking at, it's very easy to, to um, try and build a brand on it because people are always looking for someone like you, right? There is someone out there probably searching for the exact thing that you have to offer, whether you realize that or not. There is someone out there. But again, you need to make that decision first. If you're not clear on what it is that you would like to be known for, other people will make that decision for you. Other people, if you're not clear on what you want to be known for, make the decision for you and they start knowing you for something specific if you're not known for something specific. And look, that is okay. If you don't want to be known for something specific, that is okay. But what happens down the line when you don't build a brand consciously on that specific thing is that people get confused. Like if today you just built your brand as a random influencer who talks about travel all the time and tomorrow you decided to launch like toys or a toy making service, it's going to be very confusing for them. They're like, why is this traveling person writing about toys it doesn't compute like why would I buy from her like I would never think that she's a toy expert but if this person from the very beginning had expressed an interest in toys had talked about how much they enjoy toys had talked about how much they've um, invested in learning in toys or, or built their own toys or talked about all of that then if you launch something with regards to toys it's much easier for the audience to be um, in tune with that and be uh, in harmony with that because you've, first of all, built an audience that is interested in toys. And uh, on the second hand, they're, they've come to know you as a toy person, right? Now, again, this is broad. Let's say that you start as a toy person and you say that, actually, I want to be a Lego person or I want to be someone who specializes in Barbies or I want to be the person who talks about, um, you know, G.I. Joe or whatever it is. That's okay, right? But you've already established yourself as that person in the toy category. And because you're in the toy category, everything else you launch after that is going to be very synonymous, right? It's not going to seem random. So understanding what you want to be known for, whether it's a category or a feeling or it's uh, a destination or whatever it is, is very, very crucial because if you don't know what that is now, it's going to be confusing for the audience and the audience is going to make the decision for you, right? So I want you to understand how this journey unfolds. You start from the very beginning, from the core, right? Like a phoenix rising from the ashes and then you decide what you want to be known for. Now, by this time, you have a certain level of confidence, right? Because you're like, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. I know what I need to do. And then you're like, okay, this is what I really want to be known for. This is, I want to be like the big kahuna of toys. Fantastic. Okay. So what, what would you do next? You're like, okay, I want to see what other people are doing out there. You need to use your Googling fingers. Okay. None of this like, oh, you know, I'm just going to uh, start talking about random things and I'm just going to start creating a page and all of that. All of that is great. But you need to understand what else is out there. Market research is your friend. Do you hear what I'm saying? Your Googling fingers, my friend, are going to be your friend. You need to master the art of research, okay? And understanding 
if it's a toy industry, you need to start thinking logically. Like, okay, if I want to get into the toy industry and be known as the toy expert, then where do I need to look so that people are going to know who I am? Like, where are the toy people hanging out? What are they doing? Right? So it goes from this lack of clarity. You don't know what you're doing. You know, you're kind of confused all the way to, okay, now let's think logically. Okay, let's start building this in a very logical fashion. Like, okay, where would these people hang out? What would these people do? How would a toy person talk? Or how would they be addressed? Or, you know, what kind of information is there that people are looking for? What is there? Understanding market research, people, is one of the most important things you can do for yourself because it gives you an understanding of what people want, what people need, and how to build that target audience, right? If you're not sure about market research in the very beginning, you won't be able to hit the right target market because you haven't known them enough, right? If you don't know them enough, if you don't know them well enough, then you cannot be someone who speaks to them. Do not skip out on the process, right? The process is you need to get to know your audience, you need to get to know their problems, you need to get to know everything about them. If you don't know that, through the art of research and through the art of understanding that person, then you will not be able to progress. I want you to understand the trajectory that it takes, okay? I want you to um, understand the steps that a personal brand takes in order for you to get from you not knowing who you are all the way to you building a business out of this thing. Because remember, you wanting to build a business means you're asking for money from other people for something, right? And if you're looking to ask for money for someone, their hard-earned money, you need to have a level of competence, meaning you need to be good at what you do. You need confidence, meaning you need to know what you are good at and speak with conviction. And you need to know how to get results, results okay so once you do all of this research you know you figure out your target market you know you figure out all these things exactly the people that you're talking to this is the time when you think about the external stuff right you think about okay what which platform should i be on you know you think about okay what kind of aesthetics do I need to have so that people get to know me? Do I need a logo? Do I not need a logo? This is where all of the aesthetics come in, right? The visual stuff, like the the face value stuff. At this point, after you've done all of the internal stuff, that is when the external stuff happens. Don't try to build your logo or build your brand colors and all of that at the very first stage. It does not matter. It does not matter. And in the grand scheme of things, to be very, very honest, your brand colors don't matter as much as you do. You know, your voice, the way you talk, the way you present yourself, the way you relate to people, the community, you know, all of that is secondary to your brand colors. Your brand colors can kind of like boost things for you, right? Your, your aesthetics, your Instagram page, you know, all of that can kind of like be an add-on. But they do not replace you as the personal brand. It just doesn't happen, right? So this is when you work on the aesthetics. You're just like, okay, now I'm ready to, to build my aesthetics and stuff. And once that's done, then you need to put your brain to use. This is where you need to create intellectual property. Intellectual property is basically original content. Emphasis on original. Because content is 
currency today. Anything that you create can be discovered. Okay. The goal for you is to be known for something specific by creating content that gets found. Okay. That, um, get, that gets perceived, that hits the right people, that, you know, gets, uh, hits the right notes, that, you know, changes perception, that makes them think. Depending on your goal, you need to create specific content that makes the person go, damn, this person is exactly the person that I'm looking for. This is exactly the type of person that I want to hear about and want to tune into all the time. Like, if you're watching this live, there's a reason you're watching this live right now. Either you've seen my content before, either you've uh, watched one of my lives before, or you like the concept of personal branding, or you like the concept of introvert personal branding, whatever it is, there's a reason you're, you're tuning in, right? You didn't fall out of the sky for no reason to, to watch this live today. This is what people have to do in order to have people building a community around them. You know, having people understand to follow what they do, follow their work. This, this necessarily does not mean following them, right? People can still follow you and follow your work even without clicking the follow button. You need to understand that. There's a lot of silent people out there who will just like keep keep tabs on what you do and how you do it, um, whatever their reasoning is, right? And then at the very last moment, they're like, you know what, I love what you do and I love everything about you and I want to work with you. There's many people who do that, right? And it's amazing when that happens. But the reason people get attracted to you, the reason that people tune into everything you say, the reason that people get, uh, they gravitate towards you is because they see something that they like, they see something that they need, and then at the very end, they see something that they trust. And that's when they reach out to and they're like, I need to work with you, I need to do this, I need to do that. Okay, so intellectual property, content, original content is something that is a non-negotiable. You need to make a habit of creating content. Now, your strategy, your processes, your systems, all of that might be different. You might be a batch creator or you might be someone who likes to uh, create daily or you're someone that likes to outsource it to a designer or you're someone who just likes to tweet all day. It doesn't matter what it is. You need to create content. If you don't create content on the right platform, the right platform where your target audience is hanging out, your brand is going to be disjointed because you're not going to get the results that you're seeking, right? If you don't get the results because of content, it's because you've made a mistake somewhere. It's because you haven't posted on the right platform, you are not saying the right things that they actually need to hear, or you're putting an effort in the wrong place right? You haven't done the right uh, foundational stuff. Like you haven't understood your target audience well enough, or maybe you're not even talking to the right target audience. Maybe you're saying the wrong messages to your target audience. You're sending the mixed signals. Maybe that is why it leads to like confusion. It leads to um, your goals not being filled. It leads to low sales. Maybe all of that. The core of it is still you, right? Then you progress on to 
expertise that you want to portray to people. And once you have that portrayal of expertise, you decide what the goal is. Are you trying to sell something? Are you trying to just build an audience? Are you trying to build visibility? What is this? I always advocate that you should build some kind of visibility first and get known for something first before you try to sell something. But that's just me because I feel like that's the most sustainable way. When you do this, and you realize after a while, after you've built a community, you've been talking to people for a long time, you start seeing a, a pattern, right? With the, with the questions that people are asking. When you post something, they'll be like, oh, but can you tell us more about this? Or, oh, can you tell us more about that? Or can you elaborate on this specific thing? Or, hey, do you also do this? Or, hey, do you do this uh, service? Or can you provide this service? You need to be taking stock of all of that. You need to understand and keep tabs on what questions are coming in, what inquiries are coming in, you know, what people are asking from you. You need to be very analytical and understand, okay, this person is asking me this consistently or I've been getting 10 DMs about the same thing all the time. Maybe this is something that people need, right? This is where you understand what the demand is that people need and then you decide to provide the service. If you feel like, okay, I don't want to provide a service, I just want to create something and sell it, something like an ebook or a digital product or something, remember that digital products thrive on volume, okay? Volume meaning the higher audience you have or the bigger audience you have, the more you will sell. So from a numbers perspective only, right? It's something that you need to consider, whether it's uh, you're okay with selling less if you have a lower audience, or would you like to charge like a, a sizable amount for uh, a service that you provide. But regardless, the solution that you provide by the end of it, or the result you provide by the end of it, should be synonymous, or they should match what you're charging people. So if you're providing an ebook, the solution in it is not going to be as big as a service because your time is going into it. You know, it's access to you. It's maybe, you know, a high touch kind of a situation where they have a lot of interactions with you. While with an ebook, they've just bought something online and they're done, right? So I feel like understanding the business side of this, it unfolds on its own. And once you figure out that, okay, my personal brand has led me to launch XYZ product. Okay, I've started with the service. I think I've got the hang of this now. Um, maybe I should launch something else. Or I'm actually getting a lot of requests for this now, but I don't have time. Maybe I should scale back a bit and just build a product. Or maybe I should just do more brand sponsorships. Because by this time, you have a reputation, right? By this time, people are reaching out to you. By this time, people have started to know you as a specific entity, as a specific expert. So you'll be getting a lot of inquiries from people saying, hey, can you be an affiliate? Or can you do this brand sponsorship for us? Or can you just like uh, do the shout out for us? Whatever it is, right? All of these factor into your business strategy. So don't overcomplicate the business side before you even have a business. Your brand thrives on you, your consistency, how you show up, the message that you portray all the time, the things that you say, the way you say it, the people you say it to, how you're responding to it, the community that you have around you, the reputation that you've built, all of these things. The making money part shows itself anyway, right? When you build your brand around something and you get known for something specific, it's very easy to launch a service or a product because people ask for it. 
right? You start knowing what the gaps are, you know, what issues aren't addressed or what is it that people need at the time. And it's up to you to be, you know, very, very on top of things and not be swayed um, by vanity metrics or follower numbers or, you know, competition or whatever. It comes down to you and how you want to navigate this. So your personal brand business journey needs to follow a trajectory. Before you even figure out your clarity, who you are as a person, don't go out complicating, oh my God, but I need to make like $10,000 a month. Why though? Like, you need to be clear on who, what your brand is first. Let the business unfold on its own. You are smart enough, you are savvy enough, you are sharp enough to know what moves to make when. And here's the thing, the skills that you have one year ago are very different from the skills you're going to have a year from then. Your skills will evolve, right? You're going to start developing instincts. You're going to start adding resources. You're going to come into contact with people who teach you things, uh, people you can learn from, the books that you're going to read maybe. You're going to come into contact with things that you need in order to make things progress. But if you're at level zero and you're worrying about what's going to happen in level 10, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because you're overcomplicating your brand before you even have a brand. Sorry, but it's true, right? And you're not the only one. I've also been guilty of this because if you're an overthinker or if you're someone who thinks 10 steps ahead, which is a good strategic mind to have, there's nothing wrong with that, but do not overcomplicate yourself into a funk. Okay, do not overthink yourself into a funk because this can keep you from taking action. This can keep you from progressing. This can keep you from taking the necessary steps that it takes to actually get to that point, right? I don't want you to think that, oh, but this person and I started together, but you know, now they're at so-and-so place, you know, they're making so much money, they have so many followers, but I'm stuck in this place. Okay, that means that you need to take a look at what you are doing, right? Maybe they are doing things that work for them, work for their brand. That does not mean that you're in the wrong place. Maybe it's taking you longer because there's more exploring to do here, you know? Maybe they're a higher risk taker than you are. Maybe they have different goals. Maybe they're, they're a bit more aggressive. That's okay. You don't need to follow the same trajectory as them, okay? I don't want you to get discouraged because you're not following a certain speed or you're not getting to a certain place as quickly as possible. Typically, brands take months to take off, okay? And this is because the speed at which your brand builds is directly relative to the effort that you put in. I'm just going to say this because in this day and age, people are competing with noise, okay? There's too many people out there who are very, very talented and very good at what they do and you need to give them a reason to listen to you. You need to give them a reason to look at what you have to say. The only way to do this is through consistency, okay? Build the habits. Make sure that you know what you're doing. Make sure that you show up. Don't think about left or right. Don't think about what other people are doing, okay? Think about what your goals are. Think about the next step or the next two steps, maybe, okay? Max. But don't think about step 10 when you are at step zero. You're doing yourself a huge, huge disservice. And then you're like putting yourself in a bad mood. And then you drop off for like a month or two months. Don't do that to yourself. Why? 
why you got to do that to yourself you know be kind to yourself you're doing the best you can okay it's not easy sometimes showing up like this it's not easy to keep going no matter what because this is a marathon it is not a uh, a sprint people this is not something that's going to get done tomorrow this is a long term thing so i want you to rest easy so please breathe <laughs> and know that you are doing the best that you can and your business is going to be it's going to unfold the way it has to okay it it will be fine okay don't worry don't worry that's all i'm going to say now on this note i want to take some questions if you have questions please put them in the question sticker below i'm going to try and take as many as possible thank you for being here and tuning in i i love talking to you guys so thank you for that we listen to this as a message whenever you need it okay and please go to my page there's tons of inspiring content on there that will get you out of a funk okay because i've been there i feel that on the daily <laughs> i feel that on the on a day to day basis so all i want is for you to not feel the same way okay so let's take some questions now oof okay uh would you recommend starting out with multiple niches or themes ooh okay depends on uh, what your goal is so as i said earlier it's okay to start in a category right and it's also okay to start very very narrow as narrow as you want the issue with starting too narrow is that if tomorrow you decide to pivot it's going to be very hard for your audience to pivot as well because you've already established a perception uh, in that specific specialty right if you're a dentist for example and you've decided to specialize in root canals and you're only talking about root canals for a year and then you decide that no i actually want to talk about cosmetic dentistry i want to talk about veneers now it's going to be very hard for the audience to kind of like pivot when you just all of a sudden started talking about cosmetic dentistry does that make sense so it's okay to start out um in a very broad category what i would not recommend is to have too many categories it's okay to talk about different interests that you have another example that i gave is if you uh, are a traveler a travel blogger and you like toys it's okay to talk about toys once in a while with one particular thing that's um keeping you grounded so traveling can be your hook you know your main audience and you can still talk about your interest in toys you can still talk about your love of dad jokes you can still talk about different aspects of your personality right but don't try to make too many hooks because it's going to be very confusing for your audience you want one thing one category to build your brand on and then the rest should be variable now if you do build your brand on a broad category you can talk about multiple things so in this dentistry example if you want to establish yourself just as a general dentist then you can talk about root canals you can talk about cosmetic dentistry you can talk about extractions or whatever other dentistry terms there are then that still solidifies you in the dental field and you'll have uh, an audience that is interested in dentistry but this does not mean that they're only interested in root canals so it gives you room to play with right so i hope this answered your question but i i don't recommend too too broad or too many niches stay category specific if you want but don't get too too um you know broad out there okay lots of questions i'll try my best to answer all this is an interesting one how to manage finance during startup <laughs> Okay so I think you're referring to a, a regular startup and not a personal brand business you will be surprised at how less you have to spend to start a personal brand 
like pretty much zero. You need a, a phone, which you probably already have. You need an internet connection, which you probably already have. And you need a social media account, which you probably already have. And they're all free, right? The areas of investment depend on how much convenience you want. So if you are looking to invest in a design software, or if you feel like you need to invest in a VA who does the posting and engagement for you, or if you feel like you need a CRM system like uh, Dubsado or something to onboard clients, all of that. All of that is scaling stuff. When you decide to build and grow and all of that, when you're still building your brand, you don't really need anything. So when you say manage your finances, there's not much to manage there because everything is free. And I'm all for building a brand on a budget, y'all, because you know what? There is no point spending when you don't need to spend. Only spend where it's a crucial thing to your business. If you're trying to integrate Calendly to Zoom or if you're trying to build a system that's very important or if you're trying to uh, uh, have a group coaching program and you're investing in the Zoom Pro or whatever that is. But other than that, I don't think you need to worry about finances just yet, you know, when you're still in, in the very beginning phase as a personal brand. I'm not speaking for businesses because I am not in a non-personal brand business, okay? So this question could be better suited to entrepreneurs in the business, regular business sector. Um, but this is my take. I don't think you need to worry about that, okay? I've been getting this question a lot. Uh, personal brand without showing your face, does it work? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, but with a caveat, okay, your personal brand thrives on you and your voice and the trust that you build. Think about showing your face just like I am now. It builds trust very, very quickly because you know the person that you're talking to. You listen to their voice. You see their mannerisms. You see the way they express themselves. Uh, you, hear, you hear them talk for a while and they become familiar. Right? When you see them every day on stories, when you're listening to their lives, you're listening to their voice, they kind of like, you start building a rapport with them because you know who they are, right? Behind the screen, it's no longer a mystery. But if you're very uncomfortable showing your face, I understand, first of all, it's okay to build your brand in the beginning with your voice alone. And by your voice, I mean your personality. By your voice, I mean uh, the expertise that you show. By your voice, I mean pretty much everything else, right? Your storytelling, your actual voice, if you want to launch a podcast, you know, the, the things that you say, the consistency, the your sense of humor, you know, everything that has to do with you needs to be extra, extra strong because you are basically hiding, right? You're not showing yourself fully. And because you're not showing yourself fully, there's still a sense of like, should we trust them? Should we not trust them? I'm being catfished. What's going on? But if you're trying to charge someone thousands of dollars for a service, uh, you want to become a coach or you want to be someone who, who does charge that kind of money. I find it highly unlikely that someone would invest if they don't see your face. Hit the hearts if you agree. Would you invest in someone whose face you've never seen? Especially if it's like a high ticket item, like a thousand, two thousand dollar service. Probably not, right? Because it's like, why would I give them so much money without ever having seen them? Again, some people are able to do this just by the reputation and the credibility that they've built. If you work super hard on building that, then maybe it could be possible to build a very, very strong brand because people have done it. But I always say build up to showing your face because nothing builds trust like showing your face does, like truly.
it, it changes the whole thing. I hope that helps. Someone asked, why is it important for people to build a personal brand? I think I've uh, talked a lot about that <laughs> in this live, um, but I'll address it on a very broad level, right? There is nothing like a personal brand to give you advancement, right? Once you get known for something, the possibilities are basically endless. It's so flexible. You know, you can uh, start a business if you want to. You can get speaking engagements. You can start a podcast. You can become a guest podcast person. You get featured in publications. You know, you can get verified and all that fun stuff. Basically, you start being known for something very specific with you at the forefront. You are the face, right? And because you are the face, it's very, very flexible. Tomorrow, if you decide to do something specific, um, you can launch that. Or if you feel like, no, no, I want to launch this, then you can launch that. Uh, one of my favorite personal brands is Rihanna. Okay, hands up for Rihanna. She has been able to create such a powerful personal brand that now whatever she launches does really, really well because her efforts reflect that, right? And she has been able to cultivate a brand that is very, very, very strong and she's able to, you know, basically put her efforts behind that. Um, so a personal brand for you is going to be basically whatever you want it to be on whatever level. And the, the great thing is you have the ability to do that. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Elsa Majimbo is. Uh, the chip lady who got famous with reels during quarantine. Uh, please look her up. She's amazing. And she is one of the most hilarious people on the internet. And she's been able to build such an amazing brand where now she's uh, attending the Met Gala and she's rubbing shoulders with celebrities and she's, you know, continuing to be her amazing self. And basically, the possibilities are endless with a personal brand. So please, please do consider it. Okay, let's address this. Why can't we post our personal life and business life in one account? There's no rule that says you can't. But you have to be very careful about diluting your personal brand, right? A lot of people do very, very well intermingling the two because they know their audience so well and they get them invested in their life, right? Where they're talking about their abilities and what they really stand for, but at the same time, they're showing the behind the scenes, they're showing what their interests are, they're showing their relationships, they're showing, um, you know, issues that they're having uh, personally, and they're comfortable showing that. And they've built such a fanfare and community around them that they get them invested in them and their story as a person, right? But you have to be careful to balance the two if that's your interest, because you don't want your business to suffer. You don't want someone to only follow you for your personal story and your personal, um, you know, relationship issues or whatever. When you're actually just trying to sell, you're going to be um, confusing the audience because half of your audience is there for what you sell and half of the audience is going to be there for, you know, the juicy goss that you're talking about all the time. So there's no set rule that says that you can't. But you have to be very balanced and savvy in the way you approach it. Like even if you talk about your personal stuff um, that is important to you, tie it back to your business. Tie it back to why it's led to what it's led to. Tie it back to, you know, your big story as a whole. It's possible to do that. But if you're an introvert and a private person like myself, uh, we choose to keep it separate and that's completely okay. You know, show what you want to show. Don't show what you don't want to show. There is no set rule. Do what works for you. It's very flexible. But keep a very close eye on what your audience is there for and what they're looking for from you 
and then decide to show up accordingly. But it's completely okay. Okay. What exactly to post as a beginner in freelancing? I post freelancing tips. Clients don't need that, right? Um, I need more context in this question before I can answer it fully. But if you're in freelancing, what does that mean? Are you saying that you show people how to build a freelance business? Are you showing people how to land a freelance clients? Are you uh, teaching them how to build a side hustle while they have a nine to five? Are you showing them how to be more productive? Are you showing them how to manage their money as a freelancer? Are you teaching them how to scale? What is it that they're showing them, you know, with freelancing at the core? Tips can be a great part of your content strategy, but you need to know what that does in order to shift your consumer mindset. If you don't know what your content is doing, then you should take a step back and understand content strategy. Every piece of content you create has a has a role to play, right? Whether it's to give them something to build authority, whether it's something to shift their mindset, whether it's something that is helping them make a decision. Your job with your content is to help them make that specific decision. If your content is not doing that, that means you're you're there just to be there, which is okay if you're in a limbo kind of a situation, but don't hang out there too, too long, right? So posting freelancing tips is okay, but I think you need a bit more clarity on what it is that you're trying to get them to do or how you want them to see you. And once you understand that, it'll be easier to create a content strategy. I hope that helps. Okay. What things to focus on when doing personal branding on Twitter? How different is it from Instagram? Uh, your personal brand is going to be pretty much the same across the board because the brand is still you. It's only the medium or platform that is different, right? So the first thing I would uh, highly suggest for you to take a look at is whether your target audience is on Twitter. So if your target audience is not on Twitter, then you have to think about whether you need to be on Twitter or not. Because you're spending a lot of time, energy, building a presence on a platform where your audience is not even hanging out on, right? Now, as far as um, the exact strategy for Twitter, the difference between Twitter and other platforms is that it's a constant narrative, right? Instead of just one quality piece of content a day, you're staying on top of mind with multiple tweets by sharing a lot of opinions, thought leadership, you're sharing a lot of... Um, continuous narratives, right? So that narrative needs to to be consistent day in and day out. So I feel like you need to do a little research on what type of people are on Twitter and how they consume content and shape your your strategy around that. I don't think you need to apply the same strategy that's on Instagram on Twitter because Twitter people consume content very differently and they have a different mindset in terms of spending time on Twitter. So I would recommend go do a little bit of research on your specific target audience that is on Twitter, if they're on Twitter, and see what other people are doing in the niche. Are they consistently tweeting? Are they tweeting once a day? Are they more uh, geared towards images and videos? Are they uh, just tweeting one-line sentences or quotes or like hard topics or threads? What are they more interested in? The answer for this depends on your niche. It depends on your target audience and it depends on how they consume content. So I'm going to try and take one more. Okay, let's end with a lovely question that I do get a lot, which is how to remove camera shyness. My friend, you are not alone, first of all. Getting on camera is not easy. 
I hadn't done a live in two months before this one. And I was just like getting a bit of nerves, you know, like getting online, showing my face, talking to people, talking to my camera, talking to my phone. So it builds slowly, right? So you have to address your internal narrative first, saying that it is okay to show up on camera. There is nothing wrong with being on camera. Nothing wrong is going to happen if you get on camera. It is safe to be on camera and show your face. Okay, you need to understand that. No one's going to run away, you know. Uh, as a matter of fact, people are going to gravitate towards you. They're going to be like, oh my God, you know, this is the person on camera. Finally, you know, we get to see their face um, after seeing, you know, text for so long. So it is safe for you to be on camera. Nothing bad is going to happen. Okay, it's completely under your control. Now, I would say start small. I remember the first time I got on camera was because of a story challenge a year ago. And it was a seven-day story challenge. And I still credit that specific story challenge for me being on camera today because it challenged me in a very different way. I'm a very private person. I do not like being on camera. But that one specific story challenge did something that I had never thought of before, which is building a habit, right? And also removing the fear. My biggest fear was, oh my God, what will people think? Or, how, you know, the way I sound is so weird. What if I say something wrong? What if I stumble? What if I don't know what to say? You know, what are other people going to say about me? All that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And what it does, it actually endears you to people because you're normal. You're human. You know, people like seeing the imperfections. People like to see that you're not a cookie cutter person because imperfection is what makes you human. You know, perfection does not exist. People like to see imperfections. So... Start small, start with maybe one story a day, even if it's like a five second story and show it to maybe your close friends, you know, let them give you feedback, let them encourage you a little bit and then little by little build a habit to maybe show it to your main audience and see how they react. And once you do that, you're going to start feeling like the fear go away a little bit. And the thing is, stories expire after 24 hours. So it's not like it's a huge commitment. You know what I mean? So do that every single day for as long as you need to. Okay. And then see if you want to post maybe a picture of yours on the feed, on the main feed. It really makes a difference because it shows the people who you are, who's the person behind the, the content. You know, your profile picture is different. But when they see a picture of you on the feed, they're like, oh, okay, so it's this person who's who's on the content. So when you show yourself more and more, you kind of take away that stigma that you've created about yourself. We have hang-ups, okay? We all have hang-ups about ourselves, whether it's the way we look or how we feel about ourselves or what we think about ourselves or the perception or the traumas that we have. We have our hang-ups. Nobody is immune. The most perfect person hates something about themselves. They do, right? What you need to do is you need to desensitize yourself by seeing it over and over and over again. It is okay. Nobody cares about that. They care about you, you know, seeing your face. They want to see who you are. And it excites them to see you. It, it makes them happy to see you. So don't worry about how bad you're feeling. See about how good you're feeling after the reaction that you see from them. It's very, very rewarding. Okay. But start small, make progress every single day. And I'm sure that in no time, you're going to be able to start showing up on lives maybe. And hey, if any of you want to go live with me, I'm always taking requests. 
It's been slow these past two months. I haven't been doing many lives. But if you want to go live on a specific subject, please send me a DM or an email or a request. I'm more than happy to go live with you and talk about things that would help you. Okay. On that note, thank you to everyone who has joined me. You have been phenomenal. So I hope this helped you. If you're an ambitious introvert and you want to start attracting your dream client by building your personal brand, come find me on Instagram at Seema Batavia. Reach out to me with any questions or concerns. I'm always happy to hear from you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a great week. And please stay safe.